Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to a brand new week of Geekscape, where your host, that's me, Jonathan London, brings you the latest news and reviews about movies, video games, and comics. These are the only things that I care about. I'm guessing if you're watching, these are the only things that you care about. And to help guide us through the last week uh, is a, uh, what, what do I have, Gilmore? Gilmore's over here, our camera guy. Uh, Ryan Gilmore over here, our producer, is over here. And uh, who do we have? We usually have a specialist in the geek world, right? Yeah. And he helps us. Gilmore is drinking from a cup. This is what I see, guys. You don't see this in the magic of Geekscape, but this is all I see. I see Gilmore over there going, "Yep." <laughs> oh, not so uh, upstanding now that your girlfriend's gone. Uh, I feel empty. Yeah, he feels empty. So, guys, I'm always joined by a co-host. This week, I've got Adrian Colesberry. Hello. Uh, he's going to be talking geek stuff, nerd stuff. He's the uh, author of a brand new book. That's pretty useful. I uh, I've been starting to read it. Uh, it's called How to Make Love to Adrian Colesberry. It may only be useful to Adrian Colesberry. <laughs> he may be the recipient of the uh, you know. Of it's like a five-page book on how to pleasure him with three steps. Yeah. No, th- this book uh, we're gonna talk about it. But uh, I met Adrian a couple weeks ago when we were doing stand-up together, and uh, I asked him. I said. So what's your book? I knew he was an author, and he said, How to Make Love to Adrian Colesbury, and I'm like, that's pretty self-serving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to do it, might as well do it right, right? Uh, it was then that I actually saw him perform, and I found myself wanting to make love to Adrian Colesbury. So when the book came in the mail yesterday, I found it very useful, uh, and we'll see if some of those techniques work later on in the show. Uh, Adrian, thanks for coming on Geekscape. Thank please. you for having me, Jonathan. So, uh, Adrian, welcome to my office slash Geekscape set. 
Uh, it's a wonderland in here. <laughs> well, what, what, what's, what's great is the audience is like, oh great, they're gonna review Harry Potter. And they brought a guy from Harry Potter. <laughs> He's got like, the, they, they brought a grown up Harry Potter. Um, so are you a fan of the Harry Potter stuff? That was the big movie this week. Are you a fan of like the Harry Potter stuff? Not the movies. Okay, but you read the books. I, I, I read part of the books and kind of understood it and, and didn't read the rest of it. As, they're like Yates. You can't really get through them. They're hard to understand. Well, there. No, <laughs> nice. I appreciate you busting my balls for that. But, uh, but no, I kind of exactly. It's it's like getting through rape at the lock or something else. Not to change for Blake. But no, it's. Um, I mean, I I understand why kids got so freaking psyched. And I understand why adults got so psyched about it. It's a super cool series where you just get completely lost in this completely different universe and uh, stuff. But I just never, I never took the time to actually read them. As an author, <laughs> as an author, is that just not as a well-read, well-written author? Is that just child's? Well, I don't think it was necessarily child's literature. Yeah. I think it was definitely she absolutely got everybody. She okay. she cast a wide net. The and, Michael and, Bay of authors, would you say? <laughs> yes, right. Um, but she she caught everybody. But I didn't actually feel like there was a lot I could learn from it. Uh-huh. I like, hate to feel that seems condescending. To Adrian in his backyard, actually trying to cast fucking spells. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Adrian wrote a book called "How to Make Love to Adrian Colesbury because he thinks most, almost all books should be how-to. Books. Right, exactly. And so reading Harry Potter, yes. and he's sitting there with a wand in the backyard. Right. The mistake, None of this worked. I can see None how I can see how that disappointment led led right. you to not read not the remainder of the them. series. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. what was the process after your disappointment? with the Harry Potter books. Uh, <laughs> what was the process? Just of sitting there taking notes on the end of the book. Right. Yeah, right. I can do it. He's like, okay, I have Newt. He's writing down like ingredients and <laughs> the shit. ingredients. Where uh, do I get these things? So uh, as as uh, he's he just wants to be he just wanted to be invited to Hogwarts. Or is that the name of it? Hogwarts. 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 I have not read the books. I've not. Uh, I've seen like I saw the first movie because I was like, hey, what's all this Harry Potter it stuff? It sucked. Though. Saw the first movie. And then I think when number four came, I didn't see another one. When number four came out, I was in Austin with nothing to do. You know when you when you know when you go home to see your parents, and you see your parents for like two days, and then you're like, oh, one of those okay. days you have to fill up some time. Yeah, you're like, now uh, what do I do? Yeah, yeah. Graham Douglas, you guys know. I almost saw year one because my mom was in town. Oh, that. <laughs> That's fucked up. If you were under eighteen, she could, she, you could have been taken away from her. She would have liked it. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Graham was in town, and we were stranded. And Graham's a big Harry Potter fan, and he's like, "You want to go see number four with me?" And I was like, "Can you tell me what the what the hell's going on?" And he's like, "It's just wizards." So I was like, "Okay, got it." Yeah. Uh, so I think I saw one and four. Are those good, Gilmore? No. Uh, <laughs> I saw the one that had like a. Had like a labyrinth at the end. Oh, actually, with no, the four chess was game. Good. A four. Yeah, four was, was, was that the, the chess game? The live. Four was chess? my favorite one. Yeah. Supposedly yeah. they only get better from there on out. This one's supposedly the best. <laughs> Adrian is asking wow. if that's what the live chess game from the trailers. I think there's a live fucking chess game in every everyone, one. Everyone. Everyone. There's like Excellent. a Quidditch. There's okay. like a Quidditch match. Yeah. A dude going like that. <laughs> At a chess game at every one. Wait, was that the Harry Potter movie where the dude goes like that? Yeah. Oh, it was that I, one. Where he runs the camera and goes like this? Yeah. <laughs> the thing about it is, I, and Laura asked me, because you know, they've been promoting this new Harry Potter so much. Uh, Laura's like, do you have any interest in reading those books? I was like, sweetie, I, I, don't, I can't get through books. You know, the last book I read was Steve Martin's biography. I read The Road. I read The Road. Ah. But, uh, but, but let's talk... 
If you guys want to read uh, uh, a review of Harry Potter, you're not going to get it on the show is what you're getting, no. uh, what you're guessing by now. Um, go to Geekscape.net. Our very talented writer, William Bibiani, has actually written a review uh, of uh, of the this new Harry Potter movie. Because mm. we get invited to screenings now. We do. Wow. Uh, Gilmore, who's in charge of our features... Uh, has a whole week at Comic Con lined up for us. So next episode, you guys are going to start getting a slew of Comic Con stuff. But uh, but this week we're going to skip the Harry Potter. Go to Geekscape.net to read that review from William. But then we got to talk about to Adrian Colesbury about his book because uh, this is the next book I'm going to read. Uh, and I started reading it because it came yesterday. And uh, and I got to tell you, um, let's see if I'm doing this right. Starting nice. out okay. No, okay. Oh, nice. uh, this book, um, it, it's how would you describe this? Well, it's an absurdist how-to book. Right. Obviously absurdist. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was taking it so literally. No, it, it's 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 kind of it kind of I think takes the piss out of the concept that you can write a book mm -hmm. with a title such as How to Make Love to Men or How to Make Love to Women. It's just ridiculous. To me, that's the most ridiculous project in the world, writing a book about how to make love to men. There's only one kind. Like, we're right. a monolith. I've never even thought about that, because <laughs> no. I, I dismiss those kind of books so quickly. Right. Understood. Right. And so, because of the popularity of that genre, and because of this weird expert culture we're in, of, like, we need to... We would, you could book an expert on Oprah who told you how to wipe your ass. Mm -hmm. Like that would, that, that person would literally get traction <laughs> and it would be this gentleman right Gilmore. here. Okay. And, um, and so, you know, in that expert culture, it's kind of taking the piss out of that kind of expert culture and saying, wait a second, let's back off and let's, let's step back into ourselves. You're the expert on yourself. Mm -hmm. If you would actually take the time to think about it for a second, you would be the expert who could write a book like this, who could write a book like How to Make Love to Adrian Colesberry. <laughs> really the only person you know. Exactly. So you're like, okay, I'm going to give an instruction meal. And, and what's funny, in, in, in starting to read this book, it's extremely specific to you. Yes. Uh, there are charts. That, that, I mean, I mean, I mean. So it, it's it not be. like just a. So it's not like a try and grab people title. That's actually what it's about. Well, it's it's yes. funny, Gilmore. There are graphs. Uh, I know, having read <laughs> at the beginning, that there are charts. I know the the eleven women that Adrian had slept with up to the writing of this book. I know their size, I know their shape. There, there's a bit about how uh, shape is, an, you know, just getting into it. Uh, it's not about your size, it's not about this. Uh, Adrian takes all types. Right. You know, you even have a right. chart that's like, let me show you how 99% of women fall into something I would bang. Right. Exactly. You know, uh, exactly. or go. make love to. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and I will give you examples from my life right. that, that illustrate this point. Um, and it, it, it is told in a really uh, dry way, but what Adrian does when he's writing this book, what, what you're doing is, you're, you're, even though you're being extremely specific, you are turning yourself into an everyman. I think if, if you, and I think that's a, 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 exactly, I think that's very true, and I think if you go deep enough if, into something, you do hit universals. Right, because yeah. uh, I, as I'm reading this, I started agreeing with Adrian Colesbury, and I was like, wow, this is also, in a way, how you make love to Jonathan London. Well, for the most part, you don't, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm reading this, and I was like, oh, yeah, I like that too, Adrian. I do like right. that. And, uh, so in that respect, it, 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 I think achieves, our readers, it achieves what a lot of those kinds of books would do, only using less than general examples. I think right. it achieves what a lot of those books miss. Like I told you how dismissive I am of a book that says, "Oh, everyone should listen to me, and I'll figure, I'll tell you how to fix your credit score." 
uh, or right. I'll tell we'll you how to sex books or sex books right. or advice books or relationship books. I'm dismissive of those because they're they are the Michael Bay books. They right. are the the wide net. Exactly. Um, those the, so far in reading this, there's a resonance to it because you are aiming so specifically that I'm actually uh, stepping into your shoes. Right. Oh, good. Yeah. So, okay. Great. So if you guys are like, why the hell would I want to get a book? To learn how to bang the dude from Geekscape. <laughs> uh, know that in reading this, not only are you going to oh, laugh. I don't want to bang no dude. <laughs> that Harry Potter queer over there on the right side? I don't want him. <laughs> I know exactly the listener who's talking like that, too. <laughs> All right? I want to know. I want to know. I know I got my Commodore 64 started, downloaded Geekscape, and this is the garbage you give me? Um, <laughs> so, uh, guys, uh, don't shy away from picking up this book. There was a, a part that I had just read. Before you came over, not legal disclaimers. Um, I'd read this this bit, um, and uh, let me see. It's early because I just started reading it. But uh, everyone has their ugliest part. You know the part of your body that, that is your ugliest. Gilmore, what would be your ugliest part? Uh, like uh, physically on your body. Oh, um, I don't know. The part it's, you're insecure. Well, about. I mean, as geek, I have as, shitty as, toenails. Okay, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. Pretty confident. Delusional. Wow. Yeah, delusional. Uh, I mean, as geeks, we all have parts of ourselves that we don't like, you know? Uh, especially, um, you know. My nipples I'll, are always very pronounced. Do you get. Do you, when, you, when you're with Leah. Like, I can't wear shirts. When you're with Leah, do you get, like. Uh, do you get self, -con self conscious about stuff? Not at all. She loves it all. Okay. That, now, listen to this part here that Adrian wrote uh, with a, a graph of a, of a, of a woman. <laughs> And there's a, there's a she tummy. Donuts. She has donuts for breasts. But it says, it says your ugliest part. Despite all of the reassurances about Adrian Colesbury's breadth of taste and body style, breast size, ethnicity, grooming habits, and personal smell, you will still most likely enter the relationship shouldering one or two insecurities. Know this. Adrian will make it his hobby, nay, his obsession, to take these off your back. If you're thinking, oh, how kind, not at all. He does it more for himself than for you. Um, he then goes on to describe those little bits that you may not like, the, the part about your midsection or, what would your you say? Your body hair. Your body hair. Or some different size think, breasts. Yeah, yeah. And, and those are the things that make that individual you are intimate with uh, more personal to you. Yes. That's, where, that, that, that's your into the intimacy. That, exactly. That is your way in. A gap in the teeth is your way in. It's like those Something are the, like that. Those, those are <laughs> yeah. the things you remember about the girl. Right. Uh, I remember a girl. I actually had. Uh, I, I worked with her at the YMCA, and we ended up hooking up. And the thing I remember about her most is, she had had a breast reduction and had these scars underneath them, um. and she was really self-conscious about them. But those are the things I remember. And, right. And I, I didn't care. You know. No, no. But no. but but it makes a, it makes that person an individual. Absolutely. That, that you're having a connection with. There's one girl in the book, and I give the example in that section, who had a, had a body hair issue, and she had this little patch of body hair like right on the lower part of her back. I was constantly just petting that little patch of body hair. That's fine. Because it's great. It was great. It is. It's cute. And I knew that, that she was self-conscious about that, and I knew she thought, I think she had this thought like, oh my God, I am good with a guy until he finds that little patch of body hair and he's going to be so turned off. And so my thought was in this ugliest part thing, and I express it there, is that if I'm constantly loving that little part of her body, and then that uh, will communicate to her, no, 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 I love you. I don't, it, it, I'm not going to get turned off when I find that. I'm mm -hmm. going to find it immediately. 
Right. That's exactly what I do. So, it, it's yeah, and this well, is where I, the that's what I'm yeah. saying. And Everybody what does. Should yeah. do, though, right? Yes, I, mean, the, I think people book, should do this that. book. I'm, I'm reading this book, and I'm like, oh, okay, because because sometimes uh, Laura's not in the mood for someone reason or another, and this is a useful way of saying, you know what, celebrate these things about each other, and that is your into intimacy. I'm sure that Adrian, you know, watching TV, whatever his relationship was with this girl when he's penning this thing, that is a doorway to the next step. You know what I mean? Right. To, Absolutely. To, to letting her say, "Okay, I, I will, I will bring, I will let Adrian in. If he's cool, petting my Shadow of the Colossus patch. <laughs> it's a video game where you have to grab the Colossus by the <laughs> hair okay. and climb them. Uh, right. If but he's your cool Shadow of the that. Colossus patch would actually be a piece of your body that would be stone <laughs> yeah. that would kill you. Remember that video game? You had to like climb on their hair and then climb onto the patches and stab them with a knife. Uh, <laughs> So if you're cool with that, uh, then then right. that that is your inside that is your doorway into an right. intimate life. I think I, I mean agree. this this is that's an insight that a book that aims wide may not tell you. Yeah, would I think miss? Whereas if you if if in any situation, like I said, you go deeply and specifically enough into something that's very 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 small in scope, then I think you can hit universals and hit things like that. That it's so cool that you're like, oh my god, I do that. And maybe you thought oh, I'm the only person who does that, or maybe that's a that's a unique thing. But I think it's a I think and I think it's a wonderful, kind, loving way to approach them. And also, if you if you convince a woman that you love her ugly part, boy, you can that's the door to kink it up too. Right. Like if hey. you, yeah, yeah, because you can't argue with results. No, Leah doesn't have a tail, does she? Yes. <laughs> well, well, the, the, the crazy thing here is I, I, massage it, guys. Put the, ben Gay on it. <laughs> this is the weird thing about being a geek and doing this show. As Adrian's talking about the small, uh, you know, differences in girls and how that's, you know, insecurities, I keep thinking, what if the guys in that movie Species, when the chick started turning, <laughs> when the chick started turning into an alien, they weren't they, they weren't just hornballs. They were like, oh, so she has a little bit of scales. Yeah, that's my number. end of the intimacy. And it wasn't until. Her tongue had actually gone through the back of their head right. and killed them. That they were like, "Oops, shouldn't have learned to make love to Adrian Colesberry." Right, exactly. Like, like, do you think that that like? Uh, <laughs> that's how I think. I'm listening to Adrian. I'm You're like, saying I'm that like, oh my god! If if an Adrian, if if an alien, <laughs> if an alien predator came to Earth and disguised himself as a hot woman. Adrian would be like, I, I would think be it's dead. cool that you have a small tail. Yeah. And then he'd get in the hot tub, <laughs> he'd fill her with eggs, uh, and he'd. Adrian sounds a lot like Alien. Yeah. So I think he's actually the scout preparing oh. us all for a yes. scroll esque Exactly. Oh. Do not buy this book. <laughs> Do not fall this into is the heels. alien propaganda. True. He's going to eat rodents like he's on V for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's call Mark Singer okay. immediately. Could you futz with the thing? I, oh, mine? The, his. Okay. Sorry. So, uh,. Yeah, that. Sadly, sadly, that is what I am. How's that? Sad. How's that? Sad. Okay. okay. <laughs> that means keep the show going. Uh, sadly, that's what I think. But uh, guys, how to make love to Adrian Colesberry? Question from the room, Gilmore. What is the part that I could touch on you? Um. I, 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 I too do not like that as I get older, I'm I'm, I'm my back hair. Funny story. Now that we're going to Comic Con. Uh, you guys know that I, that, that that my good uh, that sometimes I go to Comic Con and there are times that I'm shirtless. Oh right, yeah, yeah. He walks around in his underwear. Uh, I know, not me. Mentioned. My friend Sam. I, right, just, yeah, I just yeah, want yeah. to be like him, so I take my shirt off. He's a totally <laughs> different person. 
Uh, but I was like, I want to be like Sam, so I take my shirt off. Gilmore gets the job of shaving my back. <laughs> there we are at the hotel before on the Saturday that I go do Sam. And he's always like, come on, man. Come on, just a little. It's like, no. Hey, Gilmore's, Gilmore's like this. Like, uh, shaving my back before uh, like before training me for karate and you're like this right. uh, and I'm like you sure that's all the back and I look in the mirror I would like to not have back hair I really would not like to have back hair I think you know as much I gotta get Laura to read this book because I'm pretty sure Laura would not like for me to have back hair either so uh, I don't like that I don't like getting older and having back hair huh. it's gross I, I've never seen it as an issue it's just a thing that Gilmore you don't have, have issues with yourself it is why you will not look both ways one day in traffic, <laughs> and that will be it. <laughs> if a bus comes, I'll just jump with my super speed. It's like, yeah, you don't have it, buddy. <laughs> like in the next Karate Kid, I always thought I could do that. What? When she, when a car is coming and she just kind of jumps jump and runs road. along the car, but right, going like right. five or ten miles an hour, you could totally do it. Gilmore, I'm not convinced you can jump over the, the bumper of a car. <laughs> you can't. I couldn't. There's no way. That would be a broken leg on me. That'd be done. Be a cracked skull. Um, so, guys, uh, be, even though we didn't review uh, Harry Potter, uh, there was a movie that just shook me this week. Gilmore, uh, have you been getting the press releases for this movie called The Cove that opens in New York and Los Angeles on July 31st? Yes, I'm and you, and you were like, wait, this is a documentary about dolphins. This is not for the Geekscape audience. And so, where did those go? Uh, well, actually, did they go to the trash bin? No, actually, I'm like, hey, who wants to do the Cove? And you're like, oh, who the fuck cares about the goddamn Cove? I wrote that. Yep. Let me tell you something, okay? To the people from the Cove, I went to see that Hurt Locker movie about the bomb uh, diffusers. Have you seen that movie, The Hurt Locker? It's about guys in Iraq who defuse bombs. Oh, okay. Um, that movie is kick-ass. The Catherine Bigelow movie. Um, they had a trailer for the Cove, right? When I got the press release, I thought that hey, we don't do nature movies here, and and seeing this trailer for the Cove, th that made me want to see the movie. So the next time I got a press, I literally emailed the press people. I was like, guys, I need a screener. Like I need it? to Why see this like movie. It? Why'd you like it? This movie is about a, a, a film. The, the, okay, let me tell you about the film director. The film director is this guy. Uh, I, I brought the press release And I highlighted the bits that I wanted to talk about Because this movie shook me to my core This guy uh, Louis uh, Pissoyas, uh he, made, he, he was like Hired directly out of college To work for National Geographic He's been like one of the, a nature photographer for a long time He's like okay I'm now going to make a, uh, a movie And he started researching This, uh, this story about um, This cove In a Japanese village That Provides the dolphins for nature shows like at SeaWorld and stuff like that. And so what they do is these fishermen go out and they 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 beat on these poles in the water to create a horrible sound and they dry all the dolphins to shore. The dolphins then get netted up. Oh. A bunch of people come in to take a look uh, and pick them for the uh, their SeaWorld or the, for their dolphin shows around from around the world. The ones that don't get picked then get herded into a cove and slaughtered. Oh. The meat ends up in like the Japanese school system. Oh. A dolphin is so high up the food chain that there's so, that their their meat has toxic levels of mercury in it. Right. You know when 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 exhaust comes out of our car, whenever pollution hits the air, it uh, it ends up in rain and ends up in the ocean. Small bacteria eat that. Things eat that. And then as it works, in a little cartoon on screen yeah. as you're saying, <laughs> as it works its way up the food chain to something like a dolphin. 
that 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 level of toxicity is multiplied with every with every wow. creature. And so by the time you're eating dolphin meat, it's just not healthy. And so remember a couple of weeks ago, that's I got one of the reasons it's bad wars. to eat people. <laughs> don't don't eat people. Do not eat people. Please. Anymore. Anymore. But uh, because we eat all that stuff. And, um, so Sorry. so this guy, uh, he had a buddy of his, and this guy, um, his name was Richard O'Berry, and he was the trainer for Flipper. Remember the nineteen sixty uh, the nineteen sixty show? We know who Flipper, yeah. Flipper is. He trained Flipper, and there were a couple different dolphins in Flipper, and kind of created this whole dolphin phenomenon of like right. a smiling dolphin. And he and now he he says that was the worst thing I ever did. I've now spent the rest of my life trying to reverse people's loves of dolphins because it's created this culture of captivity. You know, oh, uh, yeah. so this documentary is Louis and uh, and this guy, and they go to this village where they really are secretive about this cove. I mean, this is like a this is like a, a military operation almost. They've got barbed wire fences. They've got cameras. They, they do not want wow. the world to see what is going on in this place. Right. So what Louis does is he hires like special effects people, divers, ex ex military people, and he starts going in there to set up cameras. And audio equipment. He has these fake rocks that have cameras in them. So it turns into like this Ocean's Eleven type of movie where you're watching this operation with specialists and the whole documentary is about them going in there to get footage of the slaughter that this Japanese village doesn't want the rest of the world to know about. Wow. And so you see them like, hurry, hurry, there's a guard coming. They're sitting there, they're setting up the guard watches. They're setting up, I mean, wow. in the whole the whole city which which makes its money off of this import of meat and dolphins is uh in the movies the movie's hardcore so the movie's you, you just, see dolphins fucking getting slaughtered it's so, gross so the movie's just oh. another example of why the japanese are evil well because that's what whale wars is about well there's a rule three nukes three nukes. two won't do it okay i'm kidding wow i'm kidding wow i'm kidding but it, but not only is it, is it like whale wars but wow. but the captain of the ship in whale wars is one of the guys interviewed in this movie that makes sense uh and it's in it, it, and it's not just that but but japanese you know, we love the japanese for giving us video games and technology and, and things like that but they're crazy but boy. the fishing but the fishing industry in japan is the strongest in the world and mm. some of the things that they're doing are uh, are just they're they're backwards, you know. Uh, they're still doing illegal whaling, um, and and I learned a lot about dolphins. Like uh, like that dolphins have more folds in their brains than humans, so they can probably make faster connections. They're probably smarter than us. We just can't communicate with them. They're probably the, the highest evolved life form yeah, on the planet. Really thanks for all the fish. Uh, dolphins can use their sonar to see your heart beating or tell if you're pregnant. Fuck that. It's like wow. yeah, they're like Matt, that's not true. They're like Matt Murdock. Wow. They can they can tell if your heart is beating or see if you're pregnant. Uh, a human fetus. How can they see if you're pregnant? The sonar it resonates through your body and it bounces back off of the different layers in your in your in your muscles. But they don't know you're pregnant. Yes, like, they, a, a like, human fetus until the last few months of development in a woman's womb looks remarkably like a dolphin fetus. Oh wow! Well, how can you not see that? I mean, it's just another. They're just oh, seeing layers. So they would want to they're detect that, so they don't waste sexual energy on a pregnant <laughs> dolphin. Yeah, Perhaps. Yeah, right. you're right. That's, yeah, that's actually... dolphins can distinguish from large distances the different metal coin metals that coins are made from. Wow. Dolphins can hear and communicate in a far larger in a far larger larger range than this humans can. Yeah, but they, they they know the density, right? Okay. Uh, no, they, they, you don't even know that. Uh, click, <laughs> clicks are thought to be used primarily for echolocation and whistles for communication. A dolphin can uh, click. That's just like this. A, 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 
Wow. A dolphin can click a thousand times a second, and some people think that they can use their clicks to stun potential prey. Navy tests, even a hundred miles away, dolphins and, and whales can hear them uh, at 140 decibels. To us, it's like it's like if we were standing next to an F-15 jet taking off. Like some of those a hundred miles away, some of those Navy tests, that's what they sound like to to a dolphin or whale. Wow. This is this Jesus. is the this is the fact that freaked me out about blue whales. In deep ocean channels, a blue whale can literally communicate with whales around the world. A wow. blue whale is the loudest animal on earth, making sounds from 155 to 188 decibels. That's some Aquaman shit. Yeah. Fin whales can alert others from hundreds of miles away and and uh, that way they can save each other from starvation or extinction. Wow. Like, hey, there's food over here. Okay, Dude, they're going to take over the earth. That's how fucking Namor tells people to take the, like when when you when that's you see, how he storms yeah, New York. When you when you're reading Marvel comics and you see like the Submariner and all of a sudden he's got like these creatures from the deep. That's how he does it. That's how he does it. it, it it's insane. So this movie, The Cove, guys, it's going to come out in L.A. and New York, July 31st. After that, you're going to start getting it in the different towns. Go oh. see it because it won Best Documentary at Sundance, and it shook me for the rest of the night. Wow. I was so angry after seeing this movie. Do you have your bag? Do I have my bag of from com- the uh, Comic Con stuff? From the I do. I don't. I don't. I mailed oh, it. Oh, you motherfucker! You know yeah. something I know about dolphins. Uh, not to drag it back Let to my favorite it. topic of sex is that dolphins <laughs> do uh, experience sexual pleasure, and well, most animals experience sexual pleasure, but they think As dolphins have firsthand. orgasms. Female. Dolphins. They think dolphins have orgasms. They think female dolphins have orgasms. It's been. It's been. It's hard to document, obviously, because it's hard to test in the pelagic environment, like the free swimming environment. Throw some but, cigarettes in the water. Yeah. Exactly. Hello, ladies. Hello, but, ladies. But they apparently, just like great apes, great apes females can have orgasms, and they think dolphin females might have orgasms too. That's nuts. I know. It's crazy. Uh, I'm actually angry that some dolphins have been able to create orgasms, and I have yet to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, a fucking ape can do it, and I can't. Yeah, you know all those girls Uh, who's just like, yeah, I've never had an orgasm. John's the only guy that I know like that. Oh. Poor John. (laughs) It happens. Only to me. Um, so, Adrian, uh, are you obsessed with sex? Is that is I that what I'm it is? Because you're very interested. Because yeah. you are a high school sex teacher. Uh, high schools. I volunteer teach sex ed for uh-huh. ninth graders in uh-huh. the LA USD. Yeah. And uh, and what was that? Was it? I mean, what was your uh, adolescence like? Or, or did you just start like? My adolescence was no sex and involved no sex at all. I lost my virginity at nineteen, mm-hmm. as and which is described in the book. But I lost my virginity at nineteen. I didn't date, or I was very cripplingly shy in mm-hmm. high school. But thinking a lot about sex and very interested in sex, I, I learned about sex from pornography, and then I would research it in libraries, like anatomy books and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. I knew a lot about the anatomy anatomical stuff before I actually had sex. My uncle taught me a lot at a very young age. Hello. Mm. <laughs> Awkward moment. Not, not my choice. AKA <laughs> this show. <laughs> it was consensual for one of us. <laughs> Can you futz with this thing? Oh, sorry. I, I want to keep futzing? Like, it's not moving. Oh, together. that's amazing. Can we just hold it there? Yeah, it's weird. Okay, so uh, so in nineteen, you lose your virginity. Was that like the opening of a of a book of answers for you? What was that experience like? It was great. Did that, yeah. and that led you down this road of. 
No, definitely. I mean, I was on the road of being incredibly interested in sex mm -hmm. before that. And I mean, all human beings have a level of interest in sex, right. obviously. But but I think the way I pursue my interest in sex is, is, is kind of more analytical, I think, than possibly other people. Um, but uh, but yeah, that that was amazing, and I I had uh, had sex throughout the college years, obviously, and enjoyed those experiences and described them in the book, and it was uh, yeah, sex analytical. blew my mind. And, and do, do you so, do so you do approach you, analytically? Sometimes, sometimes actually, I find myself most not sex, but you know, just alone time. Right. Sometimes, like like right when you fit, I'm, I start thinking about I'm like, why did I why did I like that? What I another oh, mental picture right. I got when I pictured Adrian thinking about sex analytically was a prostitute after the session <laughs> literally being like fucking weirdo and wiping <laughs> off markings that he had made on her body, <laughs> like little markings of like you know length measurement stuff like right, that. Right, right. In my analytical, keeping track in your analytical track, sense, right, so you used right, her right. like a. Used for like a blackboard. Right, right. I like imagined Martin. everything normal, but just with him with a pad, like <laughs> while it's happening. <laughs> the second he orgasms, he runs over and hits a stopwatch. Right. <laughs> this is fascinating. I must record this incident. <laughs> Thank you. I want to study you. <laughs> After you're done seeing the Cove, the Cove Two. Right. More, right, an yeah, more analysis. Exactly. Just me the in it, swimming. Uh, <laughs> guys. Uh, <laughs> A little bit of movie news. Uh, Natalie Portman has joined the cast of Thor as Jane Foster. So wow. she, she was like, oh, I'll work for Gwyneth Paltrow. I'll do it. Um, Jonah Hill and Robert De Niro have joined Robert Rodriguez as Machete. You know that Machete movie that he, he's doing based on the character from Grindhouse in the trailer? Uh-huh. So it looks yeah, like... Fucked with the wrong Mexican. Yeah, Jonah Hill and Robert De Niro are part of that cast. Uh, which should be, you know, cool. Um, do you read uh, comic books? I, my, my father was a depression child. I did not have a single penny in my pocket until I was 16. Mm -hmm. So I never could buy comic books. So I never got into comic books. But a friend of mine had all the uh, Fantastic Four, like in a book. Wow. I ripped through those. I really? loved that. Yeah, and I know it's probably the geekiest comic in the world, the Fantastic Four. Well, it, 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 what I liked about the Simon, uh, about the Stanley uh, Jack Kirby era Fantastic Four was it still had that that science discovery aspect to it. That's what I and liked because I was a that scientist. Over the right. Well, right. What sucks is that uh, because X Men became so successful, mm. the Fantastic. Four is kind of skewed. Started skewing less towards like a family of exploration and discovery, towards we're just going to keep beating up, which is kind of oh. what the, the X Men is. Right. And just now in recent years, we had the Fantastic Four with somebody like J. Michael Straczynski, who's a science fiction writer. Uh, he took it over and was like, okay, I'm going to bend it back towards science. You know. And right. That's what that was way. fascinating to yeah. me about it because I was a young scientist becoming a scientist, mm -hmm. and I loved that whole part about that there it was discovery you're absolutely right I think that's why I got into it so much yeah does the young scientist and the young wizard in you ever have uh, conversations conflicts <laughs> internally the, the young wizard is such a failure the, <laughs> the, oh, again I tried but the young scientist was was a moderate success so that that uh, yeah interesting yeah. interesting uh, Guys, um, what did I read? I've, I've read a couple books this week. The most interesting one is uh, Blackest Night, the Green Lantern, uh, the big Green Lantern event started this week. But uh, it's 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 kind of a dull read because uh, it's a lot of setup. It reminded me of uh, Flash Rebirth number one, which was a lot of setup. I, I you guys who read uh, or heard my review of that a couple weeks ago, know I wasn't a fan of the heavy setup. But uh, right before it, there was a. Uh, one last issue of Green Lantern that
that was a setup for Blackest Night, and it, it was all about the Black Hand, which is like a old school Green Lantern villain who, who killed himself after killing his family with his newfound power. He killed himself, and he's been resurrected to be like the main villain in Blackest Night. So Jeff Johns and, uh, and Doug Bankey did this issue just about the, uh, his history to kind of bone you up for this uh, crossover or for this event and uh, it was probably one of the top five comics I've read all year and, it, and Green Lantern's not in it Green Lantern's in it for maybe like two pages it's all about the villain his psychology his history oh, cool. and uh, those are some of the best uh, issues or episodes of anything though it cut I mean this episode cut loose uh, if you guys like Doug Mankey I've loved him ever since he drew the mask that turned into the movie oh right he's been good on like all the DC stuff and uh that this is one of the best issues I've ever seen him draw. I mean, th there's literally a big splash page of the black uh, black hand can just like kill you with a touch, and he can shoot like this this ray at you, and he he literally goes in. He's obsessed with death, right? His father's a mortician. He's always been obsessed with death. He's always been a weird kid. He goes in. He uh, he's all, he's killed some people. The cops are looking for him. His family's eating dinner, wondering where he's been. He. The youngest kid opens the door, immediately gets killed, kills his he killed his kills his older brother, kills his mom, and then kills his dad, who's cowering behind the the uh, table. And then he sits among their corpses and was like, "Well, that was it." And he shoots the ray through his own head, and there's like a splash page of his head with like his <laughs> brains coming out. Hardcore shit. And Doug Mankey draws it to like the detail. Wow. So uh, the pacing's awesome. If you guys. Are about to jump into Blackest Night because of this. Uh, go back one issue in the Green Lantern books and uh, pick up this one because, like most of you, I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy? I don't know who he is." Um, I like it. That that writer especially is pretty good at taking old, forgotten villains and revamping them and making them kind of badasses for uh, so they can just be reused. You know, you know, you know what they tell you. There's no bad ideas, just bad execution. Most of those bad villains are like that. precisely yeah. true. There's some bad ideas. I don't know. I, so I get people coming up to me that I've written the book, and they say, hey, I have an idea for the book, and my whole reaction is, you don't have to tell me the idea. It's a fantastic idea. I don't care if it's about a cannibalistic gopher who loves cheese or whatever. I don't care what the idea is. If you execute the shit out of this, it's a winner. You hmm. just have to be willing to put in the years that... Take that it takes to execute an idea well enough. How long did it take you to write the book? <clears throat> uh, two and a half years for the writer's draft, and then four years to get to this point. Wow. So the selling and polishing process, getting it through the pros, who were brilliant, those was four years. So six and a half years. Wow. Uh, how has the reaction been now that the book's been out a couple of days? <laughs> it's, it's been um, uh, mostly. I'm still dealing with the pre-reaction. Right. Like you got you reacted to the book right. before the, the actual. Day. Or I guess you did get it. I on got the it on the date, yeah. Um, but um, but most people, the reaction has been fantastic. The reaction has been really terrific. I thought that people would have a misunderstanding of the book and understand the book as kind of a lad's book, you know, kind of a I score with women as another notch on my bedpost or whatever like that. And people have really gotten the book. They have not. They have they have understood very well that it's not that that it's a guy looking deeply into it, but. But but in a hilarious way, and so mm -hmm. in a really readable, hilarious way, and so I think I I've been really happy with how people have gotten it. I got some great reviews on on Geekscape.net. 
Oh yeah, what? I wrote up a little. I, I wrote up a little preview. I hadn't read it yet, but I wrote up a little preview about the book. Uh, I, I got to tell you, as soon as I got the book, I opened it up. I was pretty excited to read it. First words out of my mouth: "It's fuck time." It's like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, I was one of the guys. <laughs> so after reading the book, I'm now a little more uh, polished. But at the time, right. I was like, let's get this book going, yeah. hand in pants, <laughs> just totally ready to go. Um, so now that I've read it. I can actually right. approach lovemaking as a gentleman mm. and a scholar. Mm. So if you guys want to uh, want to do that, th- this is the book to do it. To do it with. You don't do anything to this book, but learn. The book does <laughs> things to you. It's a it, it's a relationship. You just kind of fall asleep and put it at your toes. As much as I'm joking, you bring your experiences to the book, and Adrian's bringing his experiences to you. Right. And that relationship happens as you're reading the book. No, I agree with that. I, I very much agree with that. Yeah, yeah. you do, because I'm a genius. Mm. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, 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 but that, is, that is how I felt uh, reading what I've been reading. Uh, Gilmore and I are going down to Comic-Con next week. Is there any plans, plans to give a four-color version of the book? For some of us who don't read prose. Who, <laughs> oh, I would love that. Yeah. Oh my God. You I probably couldn't publish it in the U.S. To but get with someone to do that. A how to make love to Adrian Colesbury comic because right now going through the book, you guys, there's so many graphs and charts because again, he's approaching everything analytically, uh, and it adds comedy. Yeah, you're right, right. You know what you could do? I, I don't see how it took six and a half years with all those charts and graphs. <laughs> it's not a whole lot of words in there. You could do it like a Scott McCloud book. Have you read Scott McCloud? I will do it. Scott McCloud is a guy who did, uh, what is the guide to uh, reading how comics? To, how? Uh, how to make comics. How to read comics. How to read comics. Oh, wow. And it's sort of like an analog look at the, the at, at comic books. Yeah. I would adore Super that. Nice I, would ad- I would love to get it in a, in a different medium. You know, like, like I like exploring things from different. We made some trailers for the book. Mm-hmm. I don't so, know if you saw I the trailers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, very. Oh, that's right. Very cool. So I love like coming at it from different angles. There's a. I I read a section, an excerpt from the book, and there's a guy I know who's doing a little claymation kind of thing. Oh, weird. To uh to to like go along with the excerpt. I mean, it's it's a ten minute excerpt, so it's not. I mean, he's not going to spend the next year of his life doing some claymation thing to it. But it'll be very simple. But really, I think he has some really cool ideas. So I'm looking forward to that. But I love coming at the book from different angles and coming at the topic from different angles. I would love it if somebody wanted to do a four color thing. That would I would I'll say this to camera. I would love it if somebody wanted to do some four color thing. I think that would be the coolest thing in the entire world. What about um? So you're not going down to Comic Con. We're going down. Uh, and it's our it's our week. It, it's like it's like a Muslim's mecca. Really, it's like, like every week I leave really sad that the world isn't like it is in the gas lamp quarter in Comic Con for that week. Well, two years ago, you and I made the drive back on that Sunday together, uh, and we were both in a, in, in a mood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but last year, Laura came down on that Sunday, and we uh-huh. spent uh, the night down there at our at her friend's house. And I must have been the shittiest guest because I immediately just beelined it for a couch in the living room, totally destroying the use of that room for the rest of the night because I just 
plopped down Passed out. within a second I was asleep, <laughs> snoring loudly. The, the week really wears us out, but we've got some good interviews yeah. lined up. Who do we have so far? Um, do you, okay. Um, let's they, they, I mean, these are tentative. They, 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 sometimes they're tentative. Things I mean, they, fall they, apart. they probably will fall apart. Um, no, they will. <laughs> they will all fall apart. <laughs> Everything about. will go under. No, but confirmed, we've got, uh, well, for the site, we've got actually Natasha Henstridge. From, uh, from species, species. Nice. Oh, I will I will learn to make that's a callback. Yeah. That's uh, that's that's from that's for the site though. It's a written one along okay. with Stan Lee also okay. for nice. that. Um, we've got Bruce Campbell. Okay. Uh, we've got oh, the uh, writer of the movie Orphan, which uh, I I don't know if you've been reading my Facebook, but I've been fascinated with, that by, movie? with this movie because that girl's got a unibrow yeah no if you it's see like the Frida trailer Kahlo is a murderous if, child if you see the trailer she is either uh, an adult a demon a ghost or a telepath because they've been playing up this whole little like what's esther's secret it's like you'll never guess the secret and it's like motherfucker oh is I've that got, is that the hook yeah so it's like motherfucker i've got four guesses and I'm, i want to ask that writer next week which one of my guesses? What is if that? Esther has a Quato who's telling her what to do? Like in Total Recall. That's five. Okay. That's five guesses okay. now. Possible. Open your mind, Quaid. But an adult, a <laughs> Remember demon. Remember that? That movie was the bomb. A was ghost, great. a telepath, or, or a twin evil Quato. Yeah. I'm leaning towards adult. I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Because she has that weird little part where she's like trying to seduce Peter Car- Sarsgaard. Uh-huh. And uh, then that other part where she like hops out of the bed and it's like... Wah! Yeah, but some of that's just sound design for the trailer. Yeah, that's I, I've taken that into account, but she's got a secret, and I think it's one of those things. So we've got that guy. You know that trailer where the girl's like murderous, like they, they adopt her? I can't wait for the adoption rates in this country to plummet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a movie about it, the family who adopts a girl, and then she goes about trying to kill the rest of the family. Yeah, it's like, thanks it's like, a lot. What? Like, what was this guy thinking? It's like, so, I want abortion rates to you go know what through they were the thinking? roof. <laughs> Money for myself. F those little kids. Not my. <laughs> Who needs a home? It's not my fault. You're not loved. It's not my. It's not my My fault. Daddy wanted a boy. I think we've got the guys from Saw Five. Um, it looks like uh, we're gonna get uh, Jim Lee, Jeff Johns. Oh, uh, Jeff Johns. So we just talked about his awesome fucking writing. Yeah, I mean it's a bunch of people. Hopefully okay. some good celebrities. Maybe the cast of It's Always Sunny. People like that. Can I interview oh, Bruce cool. Campbell? Is that okay? Yeah, no, that's you. Okay, that's okay. you. I just wanna. Because I talked to him on the phone. Yeah, no, no, that's a follow up. That's why I get Kirk. I have a theory oh. about Bruce Campbell. I think Jim Carrey is essentially doing a Bruce Campbell imitation. Hmm. Because remember how Jim Carrey built his career? He was totally an imitate, an impersonator comic yeah. in, in Las Vegas. And then he came to town, and I think he basically decided, oh, this guy. Because his acting to me is... Because Bruce Campbell, I think, is a freaking genius. Right. And, and I think Jim Carrey... Jim Carrey is, is great at what he does and blah, blah, blah. But I think basically his start point was, I'm going to do a Bruce Campbell imitation. In his regular life? No, in his in his movies, in his film acting. Have, have you read Bruce Campbell's books? I've got both of Bruce Campbell's books there on my shelf. Yours is going to go next to him. Oh. But uh, have you read Bruce Campbell's I books? I haven't. How to Make Love the Bruce Campbell Way. Oh, and, uh, well, I should have read that. If Chins Could Kill. Uh, <laughs> he's got like a, a book about his acting, and he's got a book that seems like a, an instructional as well. So ah, nice. Go check that out. I'll check it um, out. So guys, uh, we're looking forward to Comic-Con. Video games. How are we doing on time, Gilmore? Oh, uh, we're great. We've got 15 left. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Um, you guys know uh, I've 
I came to LA as a filmmaker with one idea. I want to remake Monkey Island into a movie. Um, the the original Monkey Island, Secret of Monkey Island video game uh, just got released on Xbox Live this past week as a special edition where they basically took the old game and they gave it new graphics and music and sound effects. And uh, I've been playing through that. Um, and, it, and it's weird, this feeling uh, that I got because the last time I really played it was in 1990 or 91 as a 12, 13 year old. And now I'm, I'm, I'm playing the game and Monkey Island was like the first adventure game that had a sense of humor to it, in my opinion. Like, uh, it was. Be I played that before I played like the Space Quest games or the other ones with humor. But, but uh, just the I loved the world about of it. I loved how even though you're playing a pirate game, there's a rubber chicken as one of the tools. Like it had its it had like modern jokes to it. Right. And playing and then after it, there were, there were not only three sequels but a bunch of uh, it, it started a whole bunch of LucasArts adventure games that had that kind of humor and referential bits to it. And um, they built upon it. Now going back to the original, it does feel like there's stuff missing. You know, like like playing it again, it does feel basic to me. And uh, I'm playing it and I'm like, wow, I loved it as a kid. I'm loving it now for nostalgia. But when it comes down to it, um, you know, it, it's a, it is the difference between watching, uh, you know, it, it is, a, it's still, it, it makes it a simpler game. Now, would you say. have cheated during those games? Would I have cheated? Um, you can't, you couldn't cheat really. Yes, with the original, uh, with the original Secret of Monkey Island, like with those games, you gotta kind of sit there and figure it out because there's no internet, there's no Google, uh, there's no. You, basically, those adventure games, you had to be the first among your friends to beat it because that made you an authority. And that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Today it would be like the kid with the best score on Halo. Back right. then, fuck it, I figured out how to open the monkey. To get it down, the monkey head in the island to get down into the underground. Um, I know what you, you mean. I you was had to the race first to be the first to figure out not to show my age. Wizardry. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was the first kid to figure out wizardry in my group. And immediately you're you're, you're the authority. Everybody oh. respects. You. How do you get that guy? How do you get? You have to train with the Murphy's ghosts, and then you have to go there. People who weren't talking to you at recess before. Right, right. Like, right all the, like, <gasps> Dude, I'll give my jello. I swear to God. <laughs> Adrian, we do have audience members at that right. age. Oh, who would have? Oh, remember like, Wizardry? Like Satori, uh, totally play that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was totally like Saturday mornings. I would wake up early when I spent my night with a friend who had the game, and I would train on the Murphy's Ghost until I got this super powerful figure who could go kill the wizard. Now, now imagine go, like that game getting being the exact same game but getting reskinned and playing through it again. You know, there have yeah. been so many advancements since. Yeah, you can't that, go uh, back like that. Technology is cruel. Technology is is an enabler, but it's also an axe that right. destroys what came before. Not it's, Maniac it, it, Mansion. It, it, Not Maniac Mansion. No. Well, Except well, they, for they, this. they might release Maniac Mansion again in Day of the Tentacle. There's some, there's a there is one detail in the game. There's a beach in this game that had little stone idols sticking out of it, uh, in the game and. If you guys notice, there's a brand new idol in there. Uh, and, it, and it is the tentacle from Day of the Tentacle, which is a sequel to Maniac Mansion. So are they, That's awesome. Are they hinting? Is, 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 when you guys go down to, down to the underground version uh, area of the game, be on the lookout. There's, there's one of the idols that has been replaced. I think it was a Sam and Max idol. In the original. It was not in the original. It was just a regular idol. Uh, they replaced it with little Day of the Tentacle tentacles. That's so, awesome. Um, but guys... Uh, yeah, uh, I I can't imagine that. But speaking of technology enabling, like I guess when you got to Monkey Island Two, 
that started opening up like bulletin boards that you could email that you could <laughs> dial into. Remember BBSs? Bull- yes. You could dial into yes. and you could trade stuff. Um, even then, it was a pain in the ass to get answers. It was such a pain. You're you're better off just sitting there hacking away, working the game, yeah. right? Uh, I would say that anybody who worked that hard to get the answers should just work that hard at the game. But I, I think we know someone <laughs> who cheated their way through uh, Monkey Island 2. Do you want to tell this story, Brian? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I'm um, speaking with my girlfriend, my, you know, my best friend's sister. Let me set this so up. You know. Adrian, Aaliyah is the sister of a guy who's been doing Geekscape with us for a long oh. time. Our friend Ben Dunn is part of the Geekscape crew. Oh, okay. Gil- it became quite a scandal when Gilmore started dating his sister. It became a little incestuous. Mm, but ladies, that relationship's yeah. worked out uh, until the inevitable blood feud. Uh, but uh, but but Leah contact. Go ahead. Go so ahead. so Leah calls me because uh, there's a Dunn family reunion going on right now in St. This weekend. Louis this, this weekend, weekend. Uh, or last or this past weekend for you guys. Yeah. And I get a call and she just starts spouting off like uh, just just directions, just like take three steps to the left and then turn right. to the right. And she's like, "Do you still not know what this is?" I'm like, "No." And then she's just like, uh, tell them that you're looking for your cousin Guybrush. And I'm like, oh my god. And she's just like, it's Monkey Island too. And I'm like, what? Why are you reading this? He's just, she's just like, I'm in Ben's old room, and I just found a walkthrough of the entire game that he printed out and got. And so I immediately called Jonathan, and his reaction is just, just silence. I expect us to laugh our asses off together. John is just... I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed, Ben. Ben, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I never understood people who wanted to cheat that elaborately because it's not the game. Then you're, I'm it's like a movie. You kind of it's you've taken what is a game where you're co- you're cognitively trying to figure out what the rules are, and you've actually turned it into a movie that's kind of a lame movie. Everyone has that fuck it limit, but at least give it a try. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, that's why I liked. You know, I've actually had more fun playing the Telltale's version of. They made a like kind of a roughly a fifth Monkey Island that I reviewed a couple weeks ago. That uh, that was the new edition of Monkey Island that Telltale Games is letting you download episodically. That game, I got a review copy. There were no uh, facts or anything online telling you how to beat the game. There were no All walkthroughs right. yet. I like beating a game like that, an adventure puzzle game. On that first weekend, so there is no temptation of going on Google right. and being like, "How the hell do I get past this part?" Mm. When I beat that game after th- three or four hours, it was an accomplishment. I it, think Ben's it, our new VJ now. Ben, I, got... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the question really is, do people change? <laughs> I mean, you're going deep. That was 1993, 1994. This is a while ago. Ben, it's 2009. He's a you know he's the Ben we know. We we we've never known that Ben back then who who was like maybe I'll steal some shit from the convenience store down the street. I mean, how far gone was that Ben back there? And has he come back to us to be the Ben that we know? If if he was willing to cheat on Monkey Island too, what else was he capable of back then? Is he worse or better now? That's that's really what it's I mean. Like that's, orphan is based yeah. on Ben now. That's what this shit got opened up. Maybe his failure tolerance increased as he became an adult. You know, just because of experience. Just because of experience, he realized that failure wasn't toxic and that you could fail and pick yourself back up. And now he's. Uh... It would explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> is he failure phobic? Uh, 
Oh, I don't know. I've never heard that term before. Oh, I would yeah. like to think everyone is. I'm, I mean, I think like, like stand-up teaches you to fail. Right. Stand-up is a beautiful device. I learned how to fail as a stand-up because you are going to bomb and you are going to throw a joke out there that, there that just completely sucks, <laughs> you know? And uh, it's going to be like... you do it multiple times in a set. Multiple, yes. It is your set. It's your entire way. set. You're just sitting there eating it up with a spoon. And you really need to learn as a stand-up to, like, deal with failure. And I... That's exactly where I learned how to deal with failure. But I think in life, we all learn it at some point, or, or you're not going to have a nice time. So, so perhaps ben, <laughs> ben learned back then just to give up. I will, I will, I'll just get the answers. I'll just give up. Do you believe he's been giving up ever since? You have to fight to earn things in this world. Sure. What do you think? Audience? That is the poll question for the week. This has been a That's very a special episode of Well, I mean, we, we got to get Ben on here to talk about it, because I love Ben. I think that Ben is uh, turned into a model citizen. Ben's like a brother. Uh, and, and, and you know what? He's in the same post-grad situation that I'm in, that you're in, where we're looking at that bank account every week, and we're like, shit, man, when am I going to hit my break? When am I going to publish my How to Make Love to Jonathan Lennon book that's going to shoot up the charts and let me retire to a hill, a mansion up in the hills? Thank you. When am I going to hit my home right. run? But that post-grad depression... It lasts for a long time, and you sit there and go, man, am I a fucking failure? You spend a decade right. plus of your life being like, where am I going? Am I a failure? It does not mean that Ben learned that by cheating on <laughs> Monkey Island 2. The Ben that is struggling today may not have been born that day. Right. There is still a phoenix within right. him that will rise. There is a phoenix in all of you Amen, that will one brother. day rise. There is a phoenix in me. Amen. Adrian Colesbury's Phoenix may very well be how to make love to Adrian Colesbury. I hope so. Your Phoenix died, <laughs> Gilmore. <laughs> it was killed. Someone watered it, the ashes it of was, my Phoenix. It was killed uh. by your own delusional concept that you have no flaws. You're like, I am the embodiment of my own Phoenix. <laughs> There's nothing within me but miracles. <laughs> Delusional little chocolate uh, That's what my mom says. Oh, that's the problem. Your mom was the enabler that that uh, that BBS that gave Ben Dunn the downloaded fucking walkthrough for Monkey Island Two was. Uh, your mom, great. your mom fed the shit out of you, didn't she, as a Wait, kid? Oh my god, yeah, I was really fat when I was little. I was a little fatty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little fatty in my head. I'm still a little fatty. Yeah. No, <laughs> like I'm, food is. Come on. What are you running from, Adrian? Food is the best. <laughs> what are you Food's running good. from? What am I running from? Is that a, <laughs> perhaps a second book? You know, like a like water for chocolate type tale right. of food and... I love cooking. You know where I'm going from here? Mm -hmm. I'm driving from here to Surface. Okay. Do you know Surface? No, it is. It's surface. a cooking supply store on the corner of National and Washington. Oh. It is a... Frickin' cooks That's like paradise. His trip to it's the amazing. Comic store. Right, right. It is. It wow. very much is. Oh, a flan mold. Oh my god. You know, <laughs> so I'll enjoy Do you think maybe the next book is about food and, and arousal? You can't. You can't ditch the, your obsession with sex. Totally. I can't, I'm not gonna no. ditch it. I think my next book is probably gonna be about the questions I get from kids in ninth grade classrooms mm -hmm. because that is freaking 
hilarious. Can, can, we, really can we get a preview, idea. perhaps, a sample? It's, what is well, like, words? here's, I've, I've blogged on it. If you go to adriancolesbury.com, you can uh, read a blog. But okay. I, I, um, I blog on uh, questions your children ask me. And one of them I talk about is, uh, one of them I talk about is, uh, kids ask me at first, will a girl like it if I pee on them? <laughs> and I thought, Oh my God! These are little freaks. Why are they such ninth little grader? freaks? Ninth graders. And I thought, Oh my God! They're getting so many blowjobs, and they're so bored with it that now they're thinking about peeing on girls. That's disgusting and ungrateful, which I was mad about. But then it turns out, just to flash forward to the end of this, I hate ungratefulness. I'm a Southern man. But just flash forwarding to the end, it turns out that they're not. They weren't worried. They weren't wanting to pee on girls. It's the only thing they'd done with their penis, and so they were worried that they would pee on them. Oh. See? Oh. No R. Kelly's to be found. Right. No. No R. Kelly's yet. But um, So but, perhaps this book would be aimed at parents who've been thrown this question and be like, no, 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 your son is not a freak. Right. That's kind of my point. It's kind right. of my, your kids are fine. The fact that they're finding porn on the internet is not making them into serial Cheating rapists. Cheating on Monkey Island 2. Cheating on Monkey Island 2 is, Ben, is very bad. Cheating on Monkey Island. You know, all these things. Your kids are fine. This is the world they're coming into and they're dealing with it. Just like I dealt with the world I came into. Just like you dealt with the world you came into. And just because these kids' worlds is different from the world you came into, that I came into, for instance. And like, I couldn't find porn on the internet right. immediately. Doesn't mean that hell has set up shop on Earth. And it's fine. It's fine. They will deal with it. They understand that it's a fantasy. They understand that not every woman in the entire world is going to want to get your their, your semen on their face right. and blah, 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 blah. It's actually kind of hard to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, um, Adrian Colesbury. Um, the book is called Woo! How to Make Love Thank to Adrian Colesbury. Um, go out and get it. You can get it off of Amazon. You can find it in bookstores. It's out on uh, Gotham Press. Uh, next week, we're going to be at Comic-Con for episode 131 of Geekscape. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for coming thank on, Thank you, Adrian. Jonathan. Um, check out our website, geekscape.net. If you're on Facebook, add us as a fan. Just search for geekscape.net, or, or Geekscape, and uh, and become a fan. And then on Twitter, follow me, Jonathan London is my Twitter name. Twitter Jonathan. Twitter.com slash Jonathan London. Uh, so uh, get on there <laughs> and uh, follow us. Yeah, and we will, no O, it's an A. It's an A. Right? It's an A. Thank you very much. Uh, but we will see you guys next week from San Diego. And again, Adrian Colesbury, how to make Thank love you. to Adrian Colesbury. Get the book. You've been a great guest, dude. Thank you. This was wonderful. <laughs> this was so fun. <laughs> Cheers. He's not, not going to go get uh, cooking stuff because he has a hot date tonight who will then put a, 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 a tail through his head <laughs> <laughs> as she tries to get inseminated to take over our planet like right. a species. So. Right. Or she'll come to give him the rest of his yeah. plant, the rest of his orders. Yeah, <laughs> I love that you have lizard eyes. <laughs> I'm Alfred Molina. Remember when Alfred Molina is one of the dudes who died in that movie? That's I don't right. remember that at all. And Forrest Whitaker. Doc Ock. Forrest Whitaker, I remember yeah. for sure. That movie was badass. Yeah, good yeah. movie. See you guys next week. Okay, I love everything that we went through in this episode now. Like, we've never gotten this deep before. We've never talked about, like, life and shit for so long. 
and that the last bit that really powered you up stemmed from Ben cheating on Monkey Island 2. That was I have my passion. <laughs> but that's, that's, you know, not to talk about the book more, but that's the, specific. that's the kind of thing. You get specific about something like, really, should you have a cheat sheet for a book? And if you go deep enough into that issue, you know what you find? Life. At the end of every tunnel, if you have the balls to go deep enough, you find the deepest issues of life. So cheat on, cheat on Monkey Island. So definitely cheat it. We decided find all the answers. Good job, man. Find life is about finding as many answers as you can as fast as you can. Right. Right. I started doing something pretty cool. I started volunteering at the YMCA. I wanted to give back to the community, so I started coaching a basketball team made up of eight to ten year olds. It's something I wanted to do for a long time: volunteer, give of myself to the community. But every time I tell my friends I'm doing this, I always get the most cynical response. They're always like, why the fuck would you want to do that? Why? Well, isn't it obvious? The hot moms. <laughs> you see, when they're 8 to 10 years old, it gives the moms a chance to heal their shit up. C-section by any chances. Uh, you're back in there. Try to keep the other kids from dribbling your giant head. 